0: Romans chapter 8, one of the most um, famous of all the chapters in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. If you don't know it, and you will uh, do well uh, to read it for yourself and you get an opportunity. It's a great chapter. Let's just pray, shall we, and ask God's help and blessing for us today. Father in heaven, I want to thank you so much that we are able to, to worship you and to thank you for the death of Jesus Christ and to remember that. We pray that to now, Lord, that we come to your word. We pray we stand on holy ground, Lord. But you said in your word that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth, O oh God. So we stand in holy ground, Lord. We want to give our attention to what you have to say to us today. We pray your grace and your blessing, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Romans chapter 8, I'm so glad that the verse here opens up with the word, therefore. It says here, therefore, there is now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus. That word, therefore, is very important. Because last week we have been looking at our nature, our sinful nature. And we've learned that our sinful nature, we seem to find ourselves doing evil when we want to do good. And so the Bible says in Romans 7 for I do not do the good I want to do no, the evil I do not want to do this I keep on doing. And this is the normal Christian experience. If you're a born again believer this morning you may well have experienced that in your own life. And that Should that experience should lead you to say what Paul said um, when he cried out what a wretched man I am that experience of doing evil when I want to do good and not doing the, the right thing and finding myself doing the wrong instead that experience should cause a Christian man or a Christian woman to cry out and say what a wretched man I am. There seems to be no hope. There seems to be no joy. There seems to be no help. There seems to be a heaviness, a despair. Because I'm struggling within myself. And I, and I, and I see myself as a wretched person. But Paul turns around and says, Hi, there, there is hope. There is a help. And he cries out and he says, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ. There is help. There is hope. And that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Now, three questions I have to ask the passage in the Bible today. Because the first question is this. Who condemns? Because isn't the Bible that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ? That word condemnation is a strong word. That word condemnation is huge. And so the question is, who condemns? Now, if I ask you that question, you may say, well, uh, maybe, maybe I think maybe the devil. The devil. He likes to condemn. Maybe it's him. And and you're right, the devil does. He he loves to bring accusation. He has no power to condemn you. He has no power to condemn you at all. But he loves to accuse you. He loves to come to you. and, 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 And when you've done something wrong, he whispers in your ear. And he says to you, Call yourself a Christian. Look at you. And he begins to accuse you. And and you begin to listen to him. As you listen to him, you feel low and you feel condemned. But he has no power to condemn you. Yet you feel condemned within yourself. I've been reading through some, some news stories and reading some stories about people who've been maybe... Hearing voices in their heads. Don't know what it all all was about. But I read that Robin Williams hanged himself. About a year or two ago. He had everything to live for. He was worth 130 million pounds. He was worth. But something went in his head. Something got into his brain. We don't know what it was. But he hanged himself. And there's story after story that I was reading of famous people who, after one particular wrestler, not only killed his wife, killed his seven-year-old child, and then went and killed himself. What was going on in their heads? You know, when I think about it, I, I look at the Bible, and the Bible tells me that the devil is a murderer from the beginning. Sometimes you may think you hear the voice of the devil and you think that he's condemning you. But I want to tell you this morning, the devil has no power to condemn you whatsoever. He might accuse you, but he cannot condemn you. So who is it that condemns? Well, you may say, okay, it's not the devil. Well, maybe, maybe it's other people. You know, other people are really quick to point the finger at you as a Christian, aren't they? whether you're in your family or whether you're at work, you know, you say that you're a Christian and as soon as you wear a cross, as soon as you say you're a Christian, they're all looking at you. And then you do something wrong. Maybe a bad word slipped out of your mouth or maybe you had a wrong attitude. You do something wrong and they look at you and they say, call himself a Christian. And he acts like that. She calls herself a Christian. And she acts like that. And and these people who are full of anger and bitterness are so quick to send you to hell. Because they look at you, point the finger at you, and they condemn you. I want to tell you this morning, they have no power to condemn you. No power at all to condemn you. So this question, who condemns? Well, you say, well, if it's not the devil, and it's not other people, who else can condemn? Well, the third person possibly could be yourself. You know, dealing with yourself can be the most hardest person to deal with. You know, you think to yourself, an honest Christian will look at himself and in private will say, you know, I can't compare myself to Christ. Look at me. I don't deserve. How many of you said this? I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve to have God's... I don't deserve any... I don't know how many Christians actually say it. I know I say it myself. I don't deserve it. And you look at yourself. And when you look at your failures and you look at the shortcomings and you look at the things that you do that's wrong, you look at yourself and you say, there's a mountain of failures in my life. And you condemn yourself. But you know what? You don't have the power to condemn yourself either. The devil cannot condemn you. Other people cannot condemn you. And you yourself. Cannot condemn yourself. So here's this question. Who condemns? Well the Bible tells us who condemns. It says it in Romans. Look what it says. Therefore there is no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the verse that we're looking at. Who condemns? Who then is the one who condemns Christ Jesus, who died more than that, was raised to life? Who condemns you? Who can condemn you? Can the devil know? Can other people know? Can yourself? No. Who can condemn you? Christ Jesus is the only one who condemns you. And what does Roman 8.1 says? It says this. Therefore there's no condemnation to those who are in. In where? In Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus this morning. And by that I mean if you are born again if you've asked the Lord to forgive you, to cleanse you from your sin, and you're trusting him to be your Lord and Savior, you're in Christ Jesus. If you are in him this morning, I want to tell you this morning, there is no condemnation because he's the only one who can condemn you. But instead of condemning you, he embraces you. Instead of condemning you, he welcomes you. Instead of sending you to hell, he says, no, that man, that woman is coming to glory with me because I'm the only one who can bring that judgment. No one else can. And because he's in Christ, forgiven, cleansed, washed, sanctified, redeemed, reconciled to God, that person has no condemnation. Well, if um, that is the case, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We can tell the devil, devil, shut your mouth. I'm not listening to your lies. Yes, I know that I failed. Yes, I know that I've done things wrong, but shut your mouth, devil, because I am set free by the love of Christ. And when someone else at work or in your home not your wife, don't tell your wife to shut her mouth. Don't, don't do that. Don't tell your husband, you shut your mouth. Husband, don't talk to me like that. Now, I'm not saying that, but you can turn around and say, yeah, you know what, I know I failed. I put my hands up. But I want to say, I'm received by Christ. There's no condemnation in him. But yourself, how many of you beat yourselves up on the ropes How many of you turn around to yourselves and you crush yourselves and you curse yourselves down and you say, what a terrible person I am. What a miserable person I am. And you stay there. How many of you do that regularly? Well, I want to tell you this more. You can tell yourself, I am in Christ Jesus. And he says, there's no condemnation for those who are in me. The second question I want to ask this passage is this. Who frees? Who frees? See, one of the things which Jesus came to do, as we know in the Bible, when Jesus Christ came, he went into the synagogue, he opened up um, uh, the scroll, and he read a passage from Isaiah. And he says this, the passage says this, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for, those, for, the, for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Jesus mentions first and foremostly, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. As we come into um, Romans, chapter 8, verse 2, we are introduced for the first time in Romans. We're introduced to the Spirit. Look what he says here, verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, he gives life. You see, when Jesus Christ came, You remember, at his baptism, when he came, they saw a dove coming upon him. And and that dove was a, 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 a sign that the Spirit of God was coming upon Jesus in a different way. You see, the Spirit of God has always been on him right from his birth. We know that, if you know the Christmas story, you know that the Spirit overshadowed Mary and that the one to be born was born from the Spirit. We know that, but when he went into the the, the ministry, when he went to be baptized and he came out of the water, something happened to Jesus. The Spirit of God came upon him in a way for ministry and for service. And John says in his book in chapter 3 about Jesus, For the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God. For God gives the Spirit without limits to Jesus. God gives the Spirit without any limitations. God gives the Spirit without any measure. He pours out the Spirit upon Jesus. Why? Because Jesus has the ministry to do a work of setting men free. And the Bible says, you know, that spirit that was poured upon Jesus is also poured upon you. Look what it says in Titus. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our savior generously the holy spirit is poured out upon christians generously then a man who and a woman who claims to be a christian they must know something of this holy spirit As soon as you're saved, the Bible tells us that you are sealed by the Spirit. But you need to know something of the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon your life. Because the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He sets free. I want to say that again. When you, as a believer, have the Holy Spirit in your life, when He comes... He sets free. So let's look at what Jesus says. First of all, Jesus says this Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I can hear you turn around and saying, Hold on, Jerry, you just said that the Spirit sets me free. Now Jesus is saying, The truth will set me free. Well, let's hear Jesus again. Look what Jesus says. But when He The spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. You see, the truth will set you free. Well, who is the truth? Well, Jesus turns around and says this. The spirit of truth. When he comes, he will set you free. He has the power. The Holy Spirit has the power to come upon you in such a way that he breaks the sinful nature that's in you and causes you to walk free from being controlled by the sinful nature. And so we have those words um, in Romans 8 too. Because of what Christ Jesus has done, you are free. You are now controlled by the law of the Holy Spirit who gives you life the law of the spirit frees you from the law of sin that brings death you have been set free that's why it's so important that Christians cry out for the Holy Spirit to come upon their lives. so vitally important because Jesus turns around and says when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth well what would he guide you to do? the first thing that the Holy Spirit will guide you to do is begin to guide you to pray in such a way. And the prayer that the Holy Spirit will get you to pray is a prayer like this. Lord, teach me to hate the things you hate. Lord, teach me to despise the thing that you despise. Lord, teach me to and to hate and to push to one side Lord the things that you hate and you push to one side Lord teach me and teach me again and again and again to hate what you hate and Lord teach me to love what you love that is what the Holy Spirit will lead you to pray And if you're a believer today, you haven't prayed this prayer yet, you need to get on your knees when you get home. Or maybe even before you leave this building. And your prayer should be, Lord God, I want to pray that you will fill me with your spirit and teach me to hate, Lord. I could just think, if you just cut my sermon in that little bit there and just preach that little bit, teach me to hate, people would turn, what a false teacher. Preaching people to hate I want to tell you this morning. God hates sin. Some people don't like a God who hates things. They want a God who loves everything. Oh, my God loves everything. Loves everybody, everything. Do what you want. God loves you. I want to tell you, I'm glad that God is a God of love. But I want to tell you something this morning. God also is a God of holiness. And in heaven this morning... He's being worshipped. How he's being worshipped? When he's being worshipped like this. Holy, 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 holy are you, O Lord. That's how he's being worshipped this morning. But he's a holy God. And as a holy God, I'm going to tell you something. He hates sin. In any shape, in any form, you find it, God hates it. And I want to tell you this morning that when you're filled with his spirit... You can pray. He will lead you. He will guide you to pray this prayer. Lord, teach me to hate what you hate, oh God. Because currently, I'm finding myself loving the things that you don't like. Currently, I'm finding myself drawn to the things I know that you despise. Therefore, Lord, I'm so weak, I'm so frail. I'm asking you to lead me by your spirit and to give me the hatred of sin that you have. My dear friends, if that prayer is prayed by every single one of you this morning, I want to tell you the sinful nature will be weakened and broken within you. Because you're not being led by the sinful nature. No, you're being led by the Spirit of God. Romans eight fourteen says one verse that I did, it says this For those who are led by the Spirit of God are The children of God. That's what the word says. If you're led by the spirit. And you're his son. If you're led by the spirit. And you're his daughter. Those who are led by the spirit of God. These ones those ones who pretend to be led by the Spirit of God those who attend church and yet they are led by their own sinful nature those who attend church and yet they do their own thing throughout the week those people attend church they're not the children of God they're people who come to church it's only those who are led by the Spirit are his children are you led by the Spirit this morning would you cry out with me oh God fill me with the Spirit not only fill me but but Give me the desires that you have, the hatred of the sin that you have. Lord, do that work. Because when the Spirit comes, that is the first thing He's going to take you to. He's going to lead you into that prayer. So, who condemns? It's Jesus Christ. But praise God, if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation for those who are in Him. Who frees? The Holy Spirit Because with the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He liberates, he frees, and He guides you into all truth. And finally, who acts? Well, to come to a close, we, we, we see that the power of the sinful nature, the power of the sinful nature, is broken. But how is it possible? How is it broken? How can you be free from sin? We know who does the freeing, but how is it possible? You see, when someone breaks the law, they must be punished. That person cannot be let off. That person has to face the law courts. He cannot be set free. You know, when um, Jimmy Savile When he died, people were angry because he died too soon. People were saying, you know, he died a few years ago, but now we're finding out that this man was a pedophile, this man was a filthy sex addict, this man was horrible. And people were angry because he couldn't face the law because he was dead. But if he hadn't been alive, they would have brought him to the law courts and said to him, Now you face the law courts. You face what you've done. You face your victims. And there will be some kind of justice. Because people were angry that the man died too soon. But he's facing God's justice. Remember that anyway. God is no different. In fact, God's law courts are more serious than our law courts. He looks upon you, and he sees you as guilty. Looks upon me, and he sees me as guilty. And you must agree with God. Because remember what we said in, our, in Romans 7, we already said this. I do not understand what I do, but what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate I do. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. In other words, I'm guilty before God. I stand before God, and at his bar, in his courtroom, and like the courts of the world, in his courtroom, I know that I'm guilty. So what does God do God acts. That's the answer to the question. Who acts? God acts. And God does something. And in Romans chapter 3, 8, we see what God does. Look what it says here in Romans 8, verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did. By sending his own son in the likeness of, of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. When Mike was doing this communion he mentioned about the animal being taken to the temple as a sin offering. That animal had to be killed. The blood had to be spilled. And once that animal is killed then that person can walk free out of the temple. Only for a short period of time. But John the Baptist looked up one day and he saw someone coming up and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of a few people? No. Who takes away the sin of a nation? No. Who takes away the sin of the world? behold the Lamb of God and that Lamb of God went to the cross and God sent him to the cross and God punished him on the cross and by doing so God made Jesus to be a sin offering for you so that you can go free he's the one who frees, hallelujah oh we're all guilty we're all deserving hell We're all deserving the wrath of God. We all deserve to be condemned by Christ. We all deserve to be locked up and chained forever. That's what we deserve. But God acts. And what God did. Is that he punished your sin. In Jesus Christ. And by doing that. You and I can go free. Praise God. We can go free. And not only that. Now that we can go free, everything that God wants us to do, everything that the law requires us to do, we can begin to do. Not in our own strength, not in our own power. We can obey God. Why? Because we've got the spirit of God who's helping us to submit to his word and do what he wants us to do. We can please God when before we couldn't. We can bring joy to the heart of God when before we couldn't because the spirit of God is leading and guiding us. The power of the sinful nature that controlled us has now been broken and we are freed to serve in a new way. To serve in the power of the spirit of God. I don't know about you. I don't know how you pray at home. But can I just encourage you this morning to pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you. Not only in the church, but fill you when you get beside your bed at night. Fill you when you get up in the morning. Fill you when you get out to work. That you not only will see God the Father You won't only see Christ the saviour, but you also will see the spirit, the empowerer, the paraclete, the one who will come alongside. And will give me the strength to guide me and to lead me in ways and to cause me to pray. Oh God, give me what you give me. Give me the desire that you have. Give me the hatred to sin. Lord, let me put this down and pick up this instead. Lord, I can't. Do it in my own strength. But if you fill me with your spirit, Lord, I'll be putting things down and I'll be picking up things that will bring glory and praise to your holy name. That's the prayer I will encourage this church to begin to pray. That's the prayer that I'm praying. Give me the desire to hate the things you hate and to love the things that you love. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, those words silence the accusations from the devil, silence the finger pointing from people, even silence our own condemnation of ourselves. Thank you that we're in Christ Jesus, oh God. So many of us are in him this morning. Fill us with your spirit and cause us to walk. Cause us to be led in such a way that will bring glory to yourself. And Lord, I want to pray for anyone who's outside of Christ today. Those who will face Jesus as a judge Who face Jesus as one who will condemn. I pray for them today Lord. That they will come away from themselves. And place themselves in you. And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen.